You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show, the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't have any today, so we'll just start off with Garrett. By the way, shout out to everybody. Every day we're getting caught up now. And I think, well, looks like I'm taking the next day off because I don't think we're going to have enough calls. And we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9 calls. Um, so very, very happy that... Uh, and and it's, it's a good amount, too. It's not like 50 so that we're going to be behind. So we'll see how many of these nine we can get through here. But we're going to start off with Garrett from Illinois. If that thing can get out of my way so I can push play. Uh, so to quote a popular children's song. All right. That's a good way to start. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Bro. And that... I literally, seven seconds ago, was singing that with my daughter upstairs. That's so freaking random. I was just upstairs, and she goes, do you know a Spoonful of Sugar? And I was like, yeah, dude. So I bust out the song, and she was shocked because, I mean, that was more like back in our day kind of a thing. She she just heard about this song magically at her ballet class or whatever, and uh, she's like, yeah, I mean, so whatever. So I was rocking out to Spoonful of Sugar. I'm like, all right, cool. I got to go do the podcast in five seconds in, man. You're, you're talking to me about I'm sorry. That has nothing to do with this. I'm just saying it kind of tripped me out. Intro to one of your last podcasts with the parody of Chicago Bears yes. singing Hello Darkness, My Own Friend. Sure does make things <laughs> feel a lot more brighter and sweeter when we are ourselves dealing with yep. sour grapes of a team sometimes. It, it borderline, it doesn't, but it borderline gives you a kinship with the Bears fans because you see that kind of thing and you're like, yeah, dude, for real. <laughs> straight up so ryan i applaud you keep doing things like that to lead off podcast to uh brighten our spirits put a smile on our face allow us to laugh at the enemy just a little bit more because uh there's not a lot of sunshine (laughs) in green bay right now so ain't no sunshine uh, keep bringing uh Keep bringing the Lots of songs uplifting here. moments that we can look at others and think, 
Well, at least we aren't that bad. I'm out. That's true. And it's the Bears. Like, it wouldn't be as interesting if it's like, yeah, well, at least we're not the freaking Panthers, you know, because who cares about – we don't care about the Panthers. So, appreciate the call, Garrett. Appreciate the, uh, you know, the shout-out or whatever you call that. I don't know how to Brian. say words. Hey, what's uh, up? From Madison. What's up, buddy? What's up? So, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm – you know, I don't want to litigate this this whole love thing. Like, oh, are you for love or against love? Like, that's kind of that's such a dumb argument. And so maybe some of us are all saying the same thing. Like, yes, if love love plays as bad as he played in this last game for the rest of the season, obviously he's not going to be the starter of the past, right? right? I don't, if somebody's arguing against that, I don't know what's going. On. And that that was that was kind of what I came to yesterday, which I know is why you're saying it. But for those that don't know. I feel like we can all agree on at least that much. So trying to, because we're kind of just going in circles, so I'm trying to find a lot of common ground, because I don't think we're saying very different things. I think it just kind of comes down to whether you read a lot into what we've seen so far and are upset by it, or whether you are seeing it as a small sample size with lots of other things going on around it to cause maybe some things and 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 still have a hopeful outlook is really i guess the the best way i could summarize the seeming differences but i'm also hearing i'm out i'm out on love yeah hearing that from back to me that's just equally crazy i don't understand um you know i see a guy that's well i don't i don't know about crazy but but you know maybe um you know, taking it too far. To, to say that there's zero chance is not true. There is a chance. But I, I do think it it's probably the most likely scenario is that he doesn't end up being the guy. And, and you might disagree with that. A lot of people disagree. I just, from my perspective, based on everything, I mean, you go all the way back to college, which I get annoyed when some people do that, but you see him in college and you say, okay, he's got a lot of upside, but here are a lot of the issues. Then he comes into the pros, and you see the the issues like magnified, and you're like, all right, he needs some time. And then we start to feel better because it's like, well, look how he looked in that Eagles game. Like maybe something changed, and even the Packers are like, oh dang, that was nice. And then we start to see some of the positives, like you know, he he took some serious steps. And then the regular season starts, and it's like, yeah, you can kind of see that, but there's still a lot of those big issues that go back to last year and the year before, and the year before, and the year before, and the year before, all the way back into college. And so it it kind of rattles you and then on top of that not only is it like yeah there's a couple issues it's like he's he's down there with like zach wilson man like he he is he's that guy that justin jefferson or justin jefferson that justin fields was and bears fans didn't want to accept it like you don't understand he's like one of the worst in football like, no he's not no no i'm serious he's down there so yeah it's not zero percent that he can be good but i don't think it's crazy to look at the situation and just say at this point, I'm going to expect the result to be that he's not the guy. I'm not saying that should be or, or whatever. You can feel however you want to feel. But, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. I, I don't think he's going to make a massive turnaround. Fully acknowledging he can, I just, I'm looking at a full body of evidence um, that that is discouraging, I guess, uh, to to a really high degree. And, um, again, I, I'm, I'm ready and excited for this to be the week in which he shocks the world, right? Um, at the very least, get back to week one, Jordan, and, um, 
yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess, I mean, I, I, I do think this is a big week, partially because there was such a massive break. I mean, we've played one game in like 21 days. That's a huge amount of time to self-reflect, study film, hone your craft, all this stuff. Um, work with your receivers, try to narrow some things down, work on the scheme, work on the play designs, work on the timing, do all that kind of stuff and, and get ready to go. And on top of that, again, we don't have a lot of time. So, you know, we're, we're kind of knocking on the door of midseason here. And this is also a prime opponent where I think the the nature of how bad the Broncos are on defense is overblown. It's still a reality that it's it's one of the lesser defenses in the NFL. So if there is a bad performance here, it is a massive blow to an already shaken confidence level in Jordan Love. But it's also a great opportunity to really put it all on display. Not that that's going to be the be-all, end-all, but for me anyways, and a lot of people would disagree, like, I just, I got to see it. Like, I'm, I'm you, you got to lay it on the line. Like, what you did in the second half of that Saints game, I want to see four quarters of that. And if if you can't do that, I don't know that I'm going to feel great. I'm not saying every single play, but you can't, like, just skip quarters. You can't say, well, how about if I start in the second quarter? No, dude, first quarter. First drive. Let's see something. Come on, man. He's played two and a half good games. You know, he's done good things. I'm again, I don't agree necessarily. I think there's been two and a half games in which he showed up at some point. But I think if you assess his play over four quarters, he has not put together a good game. And and again, I'm not saying PFF is the be-all, end-all, but they would agree. He has not had a single good game this year. So, you know, again, it's it's however you want to assess it. I mean, you can look at the stats and say, hey, he had like 150 yards or whatever, but three touchdowns, no picks, that's a good game. All right, fair enough, I guess. I mean, some of that is situational and whatever, but... I don't know. I, I, I personally have not seen a single good game from Jordan Love. Um, you know, and the Eagles thing was great too, but that was like a half of a quarter. So, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I, for me personally, I have not seen a good game, and I would like to see this be the first good game for Jordan Love. Please, 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 please. For right now, you're gonna bust out the PFS thing. You're gonna tell me he didn't. <laughs> then you're gonna tell me I'm a Bears fan for not caring about that. What I didn't say that. I really don't care. He did some good. He did some really. He good did things. some good things. That's true. And and well, I guess I will go to the Bears. Justin Fields does good things in games too. He does good things in games in which he's not good. I mean, there's a difference between having a good game and doing some good things in a game. I think there's a, a very important distinction there. In a lot of these games, he was part of authoring, you know, the you know eighteen point, you know, tying the franchise record. Right. For an 18-point fourth quarter. But why were we down by so much? Right? That's the thing. We, we can look at the positives, but then ignore the negatives. The reason we needed a massive comeback is because we couldn't do anything in the first half of the game. So, yeah, he was dominant in the second half. But it's just like I said. You know, people want to bust out his second half stats, and that's great. But then why are his overall stats so bad? Because the first half stats are so unbelievably bad that it that it counteracts the second half stats so drastically that overall he's still subpar, despite being one of the better second half quarterbacks. And I don't even know if that's true anymore, considering the last three games. But um, you know, again, we're 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 
just looking at the good and not looking at the bad. I have no problem saying he does some good stuff. So does A.J. Dillon. So does um, uh, Josh Myers. So does John Runyon. They all do good things sometimes. I mean, again, you got uh, um, Kenny Clark. I mean, he he kind of disappears after like the first quarter, but he's dominant in that first quarter. He tears up whole drives. He's got he, like a ton of sacks. I think he's got four sacks already this season, but his pressure rate is low because he, he busts in, gets a sack, and it's like, all right, peace. <laughs> you know, he does some good stuff sometimes, but then he gets erased, and we don't like him for that. You know, Darnell Savage would come up and make some really nice plays and then give up a touchdown and we want him cut off the team. Same with Jair. I mean, he'll lock a guy down all game long, but then he gives up like three passes to uh, a a big, strong Drake London or whatever, and he's a freaking bum and we should consider trading him if we get the right price for him. You know, um, I don't know. I just... uh, Again, that's the only thing I can I can really say is there's a difference between doing some good things and playing a good game. Come back. I thought he's made some great throws in in in, in some of these games. Yep. He, he's had a lot of poise in some of these games, climbing the pocket, staying with his reads. Not recently, um, but yeah. We've seen playmaking ability. So, like the idea that everything's terrible, he's done nothing good, and he's garbage is just. Yeah, nobody said that though equally stupid to me is saying like oh yeah if he plays like this all year he's still playing next year i mean they're both really to me stupid arguments um if he continues to play the rest of the year like he has this year so far through a third of the season he will not continue to be the quarterback i mean that's that's the statement i'm making i i i he can replicate exactly what he did over five games three more times, and I don't think he's the starting quarterback. Not like if he continues to play just like this past week. No, you take that same five games, you copy and paste it over the next five games, you copy and paste that over the next five games. I know there's a couple games left over, but I'm just saying, I'm done. I'm out. I don't want it. I don't care if there's a second-half comeback. I don't care about any of that stuff. Copy and paste the, these five games and, and extrapolate it over the season? No way. No, 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 no way. I have no reason to believe that Love is not now broken for the rest of his career over a, a game and a half. Well, I don't, I don't necessarily think he's broken. I, I, he hasn't shown... See, that's the thing. It's not like we saw... And this is a difference of opinion. You, you the first few weeks, saw like an elite Jordan Love. And then he had like a bad game and it's like, what's the big deal? Like, chill out. My perspective is he hasn't had a good game, and he's been getting worse every single week. It's not about broken. It's not like, well, if he can just rebound, then we're fine. No. No, 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 no. He has to rebound just to get back to that part where he's still not good enough. He needs to rebound to get to the point where he's still the most inaccurate quarterback in football, but at least he's doing some good stuff. And it, and only in the second half, not in the first half, which is a really terrible thing to begin with. But still, it's like, all right, at least we're here. Now we can start working from there and hopefully building and hopefully quickly because, again, we're kind of running out of time. So, I, again, I think that's somewhat of a difference, too, is some people see he was like an elite quarterback and just had a couple bad weeks probably because of the pressure, and once that gets fixed, we're fine. Well, if I agreed with you on the first part of the, the, the premise, which is he was really good to start the season, then I would probably agree with you about moving forward. Get the offensive line fixed, 
get Aaron Jones back so we have a more reliable, not just runner, but pass catcher out of the backfield and, um, you know, get the offensive line blocking a little bit better, even though, again, he's had it better than every other quarterback in the NFL for the most part. Still, um, then we can get back to what he was before, which was him being sort of an elite quarterback that's definitely going to be the guy moving forward. So it kind of really depends on our assessment of him early in the season. And for those of you that thought that, like, this is the guy that's going to carry the team if he can keep playing like this, then yes, you are in the right position. You should think that people are crazy for being upset about a couple games. But my position is I don't agree. My position is I haven't seen a single good game this year, which would mean ever from him. Because, I mean, the only other game he played in full was the Kansas City game, which was obviously a disaster. Um... So again, it it it, it kind of comes down to the the core, like where are you coming from, kind of thing, and and you, you we're starting to see like where some of the differences are. I hope I'm not misrepresenting your point. I'm just trying to see like fundamentally where we're not seeing eye to eye on this stuff. And I also think that you know, had Walker not jumped off, I don't think the Packers win, but I think that the offense would have authored some memorable moments and made a couple more plays. They were just clearly deflated as soon as there was no chance, you know. The Raiders game was was awful. It was his worst game. Hopefully it remains his worst game. But I also think the bedwetting is a little bit much, you know. Like, I, I, I just don't understand it. We all, you know, are concerned. We want a good quarterback. I get that part. We're passionate fans. But I don't think the hysteria over it, you know, love being horrible, he's not it. It, it just seems way over the top. And also, let's not, you know, okay, so receivers, only one guy ran the wrong route. That's great. But I think we got to stop pretending that all of our receivers are the final form of what they'll be. You know, okay, maybe they didn't run the wrong route. What's their release package like, you know? How's their body control? Is that going to get better? Of course it is. Uh, was Devontae Adams in year two and three the, the same guy as he was in year five? No. Right, and and I agree with that. My, my only issue is the reason I'm not blaming the receivers is because when I went back and watched it, the question for me was, was there an option? Was somebody open? And the answer was almost always yes. So I can't blame the receivers because even though they might be doing the wrong things on occasion and I can't see it and I don't know what it is, and certainly there's some things that you wish they could have done better. My my only real question is, was there an option? And I think far too often the answer was yes, and he just wasn't seeing it in this game like we have seen him in the past. And everybody jumped on Matt LaFleur saying he must be doing a terrible job play calling because we know Jordan Love is good enough that if he sees somebody open, he'll throw it. And what I'm saying is he didn't in this game. He has been all through the preseason, all through the early part of the regular season. That was what was so beautiful about Jordan Love, is if there's a guy coming open, he knew it, he threw it with anticipation, and and generally, as long as it wasn't too far down the field, it was a good throw. And so I'm, I, I'm just saying, I mean, we can keep talking about the receivers aren't good enough for this, that, or the other, but if they're freaking open, what do you want me to, what, what, what am I supposed to yell at Dobbs for? What am I supposed to be mad at them for? Well, they're going to get better. I know. Great. I'm excited about that. That has nothing to do with the guy's open. He's open. There was an option. And then, you know, again, we, we the ball doesn't get thrown or it's thrown incorrectly. Or again, we see him throw it into triple coverage and we just assume like, well, nobody must have been open. And then we see Matt LaFleur chewing out Musgrave on the sideline for running the wrong route. And it's like, see, like the, the receivers suck and Matt LaFleur doesn't know what he's doing. Da, 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 da. But 
I don't know, man. All, all I can say is I, I went back and watched this game and guys were open. Like, all the time. All the, like, it was shocking how much. It shouldn't be that much. You would assume it's like 50-50 between whether the offensive play caller wins or the defensive play caller wins and takes the guys away. It was not even close to 50-50. Um, and I'm not saying all that was Jordan's fault. I mean, some of these guys might have been running a little too high, a little too low, a little this, a little that, whatever. Maybe the timing was off in terms of when they came out of their breaks. I know that happened one time where a guy just came out clean and Jordan came off it. Um, now, we could say maybe he came off it too early. Maybe he came out of his break too late. I don't really know. Um, you've got, you know, pass rushers getting inside and sometimes Jordan panicked too much and he should have just stayed put and threw the ball. Um, so that's still on him, but sometimes it was legit and he had to, like the interception to Christian Watson, he had to break the pocket and that's what kind of broke that down. It probably could have, would have, should have been a touchdown if they could have protected. So again, it's not all his fault, but, um, I'm, I'm, going to very comfortably stand on everything I've said about the situation and what went wrong and what didn't go wrong. Um, not saying that's going to continue forever. We've certainly seen a better version of Jordan Love than this, and hopefully he's taken this time to kind of calm down and learn to slow down and get back to doing what he does really, really well. Um, and, th- and if he can do that, again, you kind of hope that as long as he continues to progress with Christian and, and Romeo and Jaden and the guys the accuracy will come with it as you sort of learn to develop timing and everything with these guys. Again, I can see the path still. I can still see the path, but um, I I guess I'm just trying to get everybody to understand why I see things the way I see things. And, and, And not just what I see, but genuinely how bad it is. I mean, it's, it's not just there are struggles. It's, this is horrifically bad. Like there are backups playing in the NFL that are not doing this bad right now. And that's not going to be good enough. Um, so, you know, again, we're, we're kind of just going around in circles, but, you know, I, hopefully we're at least starting to understand our positions a little better, I guess. Hey, Kyle. Actually, you know what, Kyle? I'm sorry. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, hear the second part of this. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built 
for us? So let the team grow together. They're going to make these mistakes. I mean, there has to be a crucible these guys go through. We've seen this in sports. Seldom does does it work out and everything's easy and it's all great and then the team is good. That's not how it works. Like, you've got to be down low and then, as men, pick each other up, you know, so that you have this agency over the wins and over your kind of your destiny, your sports destiny together as a team. Like, that's how you make teams, right? You need the disappointment. You need to all be down in the dumps together, and then you got to learn how to get it going together, and that's right. what we're going to find out. But, you know, these receivers are still growing. Our quarterback has a lot of growing to do as well. But I don't know why I'm the only one that seems to think that there are ingredients here that this thing can can work, you know, as as upset as I am at things not working, you know, the day or two after the game. Um, you know, the Packers have a chance to go 3-3. Three and three. Yeah, and, and again, to be clear, there's like I said, I can see the path. It's very, We haven't even seen Listen, we've seen things work kind of individually. We've seen Jordan Love play really, really well. Not over four quarters, but we've seen, like, peak Jordan Love. So if we could just put that in a bottle and get that for four quarters, right? Let's just say we've seen peak Romeo Dobbs, and it's really incredible, including getting, like, the 50-50 balls and fighting for it. Same with Jaden Reed. And I don't think we've even scratched the surface with that guy who's really talented. Christian, we haven't seen peak Christian since Aaron Rodgers because those two were just massively in sync and if christian and jordan can get there i'm still of the opinion that is our best wide receiver so man if we can unlock christian watson this offense is 10 times better aaron jones like i i think that that gets talked about a little bit too much but there's no doubt that guy is a spark you know if anybody's just going to rip off that random 25 yard rush it's that guy there's nobody else on this team that's going to do that i like dylan for what he is but he's not that guy He's he's a big run for him is like eleven yards, um. You know the the offensive line, still I mean over the course of the year is one of the better lines in football, believe it or not. But they're clearly not playing well the last couple of weeks, and they have to get it together. And it's not like well, it's just because of David Bakhtiari because it's not. I wish I could say it was all Rasheed Walker and we could try to fix that, but it's not. It's Elton Jenkins, it's Josh Myers, it's John Runyon, and it's Zach Tom. And they need to wake the F up, and they need to to start playing better and protect their quarterback. Um, the tight ends, you know, Musgrave, I like Musgrave, but he's making some stupid mistakes. Tucker Kraft needs to do something on this team. Ben Sims, I, for some reason, was a freaking dog in that game. I'm hope, I mean, in a good way. Uh, I'm hoping that wasn't just a fluke, because we might have something in Ben Sims. Because <laughs> every time I watched that guy, I was like, holy crap, dude, this guy is, I mean, blocking and everything. Um but, I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, if we could just, and I know this is pie in the sky, but if everybody played at 100%, this is a freaking fantastic football team. It's a fantastic football team. I, but I'm, I'm, I'm upset that we're going in the wrong direction. It's, it's, it's not only do we usually only get, like, two of those guys actually playing a good football game and everybody else just looks like they're, you know, humping a doorknob. It's, it's the fact that it's, it's, it's going in the wrong direction. Like we, everybody's getting worse. So I, I, again, I think everybody, the team, the, the, the locker room environment, the coaching staff, the fan base, especially we, we just need to see going in the other direction. We need to see some, we need a hero really 
You know, we need we we need that. Offense and we we need a hero on this team. We had Aaron Rodgers for a long time and he was the superhero. We need a superhero. I mean, Rashawn Gary could be that guy, but he's playing such a limited role. Um, but we especially need an offensive hero. And if whether that's Jordan Love or Christian Watson or Aaron Jones or whoever it is, we just need something that we know we can believe in and trust in. Because right now, everybody wants everybody gone. You know, there's nobody on this team that somebody in the fan base or something is saying we should consider trading him or this guy's a bum or that guy should go, whether it's the coaches or the players or whatever. And and that's the other thing I keep saying. You know, I, I understand the let's just calm down thing, but again, there is such a limited amount of time. We we are quite a ways through the seat. We are coming up on the halfway point of the season. And if we just kind of la-di-da our way through the next three weeks, you know, hoping to try to get into some kind of a rhythm or a groove or, you know, talking about, well, we got some bumps and we got to work through some stuff. It's like, yeah, well, I don't know how much time <laughs> these guys are going to get to work through some stuff. I mean, some of these guys are locked in for a while, but some of them are not. And Jordan is one of those guys, and that's why there's extra emphasis. Like, Christian, if he doesn't do anything this year, it's not going to matter. He's not going anywhere. He'll be back next year. And whether that's with a different coaching staff or a different quarterback, it's not going to matter. He's not going anywhere. Um, Romeo's not going anywhere. Jaden's not going anywhere. Zach Tom's not going anywhere. But some of these guys, they don't have a lot of time. Josh Myers needs to wake up. You know, John Runyon needs to wake up. Uh, Rashid Walker, if he has any hope whatsoever of holding down a tackle job as, as anything other than a backup, he needs to really step it up. I don't know if that's going to be the A.J. Dillon needs to step it up or there's no guarantee he's going to stay here. I don't think he's leaving, but I don't know. So, you know, that that is also, as I've said, that is part of the reason for, at least for me, the urgency to not just make excuses and say, well, there's going to be bumps along the road. It's like, dude, the trip's almost over. There's not a lot of time for some of these guys. Have as many losses as the freaking Cowboys. You know, like, they, all, all of, you know, and they could have more victories, honestly. I mean, they probably should have beat the Falcons. They should have probably beat the Raiders, too. And then what are we talking about? And that's literally just, you know, a foot away or, you know, one block away from happening. Three interceptions away. <laughs> in some situation. So, um I, I think the Packers could be set up for a pretty, you know, I don't know if it's a playoff run, but I think if they can hover around 500 um, until later in the year and then maybe mature a little bit, go on a couple game winning streak, I mean, probably nine wins, does that get you in? It might. It might. I think they might be, you know, right around there if they can pull this thing together, and it's going to be interesting. And as hard as it is to watch sometimes, I mean, we should all enjoy the ride a little bit, and I'm talking to myself, too, because I'm, of course, pulling my hair out and using all kinds of colorful language when I'm watching the game. But, you know, 10,000 foot, let's back up a second. Um, the Packers have an opportunity here. Um, they've done some good things. They've done some bad things. Um, but I think they've got a chance to be in it, and it's going to be really interesting to see how they respond. I think they have – a team that they're facing this week is probably the right team for them to face this week. Let's see what they can do. And let's just try to hold our, you know, final judgment until the time comes. All right. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's kind of two different questions, right? So if the Packers can get back to being just barely above average, like I've said before, I think most teams are just kind of bad. 
The Broncos are very beatable. The Vikings are beatable. The Rams are beatable. The Steelers are beatable. The Chargers are beatable. The Lions are tough. The Chiefs are tough. The Giants are beatable. The Buccaneers are beatable. The Panthers are beatable. The Vikings are beatable. The Bears are beatable. I mean, there's really only two games you're looking at going, eh, I don't know if I feel too good about that. And, and how much better do the Packers need to be to actually beat the Lions? Probably quite a bit, but still, um, it's, it's still extremely doable if we're talking about a slight improvement. But even if it's not, we're talking about losing, you know, obviously some of these are 50-50 or whatever, but we're talking two games where you don't feel good about it. Even, even now, even with the team kind of being, eh, you're like, dude, we can beat the Broncos. We can beat the Vikings. We can beat the Rams, we can beat the Steelers and the Chargers and the Giants and the Bucks and the Panthers and the Vikings and the Bears. That's at least doable. Even if it's even if you're, you know, two point underdogs, it's not like you're gonna be ten point underdogs. I mean, these are very winnable games. But it's still kind of not asking the right question. We can limp into the playoffs with a bad team and a bad quarterback. So there there's there's two things. There's there's rooting for the team and hoping that they have success and, and can you know, kind of ride the coattails of the Lions and maybe even get lucky enough to to beat them out, you know, if the Lions lose a couple or start to slip or maybe there's some injuries along the way or, you know, that that's one component. But the other component is still, like, do we have a good team? Do we have a good quarterback? Because there's no guarantee if we limp into the playoffs with nine wins, which is seven more, which is, is again, very doable. Um there's no guarantee that we're going to also say, see, Jordan's the guy. Because again, we won two games already, and I don't know that he necessarily proved that. Now, maybe, again, maybe you would disagree. The massive comeback against the Saints and putting up 38 against the Bears, man, oh man, that really, really does it. But I don't know. Again, th those are still two different things to me. There's your ability to beat on bad teams, and then there's, are you a good team? So we'll see. Jordan Love focused after the bye on finding completions instead of forcing the ball downfield for big plays, says Matt Schneidman. According to a locker room interview, I will personally be lucky enough to go to the Broncos game this weekend in Denver to watch our Packers play, and I want to see firsthand. I want to see this. I want to see just the easy check down sometimes, get some yards, move on to the next play, keep possession. Anyway, I just wanted to share. Go Pack Go. Yeah, so I hadn't seen that, but I found the article here. Quote from Jordan Love, Obviously you want to get everybody the ball, he said. We've got a lot of weapons. You want to always spread the ball out, but I think more of it is just consistency and finding those completions and getting the playmakers to the, uh, the playmakers the ball in space so they can operate and make guys miss. And not always trying to find that big play and force the ball downfield, but just getting the ball in guys' hands quickly. I think that's been the biggest thing. He went on to say, I think once we get the ball moving, once we get that rhythm going, I think we've been pretty good. Obviously, I think our red zone offense has been really good early on. We just need to get more opportunities down there, get the ball down there in the red zone, because once we get there, we're executing pretty well right now. And then, like I said before, it's just that consistency of finding the completions and getting the chains moving. And I do agree with that very much. I think kind of trying to, I don't, I, I don't want to use the word simplify, but if he can just slow down a little bit and not try to always think about the home run, but get back to just reading the defense and saying, this guy should be open. And then just dump the ball. I, who cares if you get nicknamed Dink and Dunk Donnie or whatever stupid name. Get the completions, get the chains moving. I'm not saying give up on the uh, the deep shots, but it's just not working. The accuracy isn't there. The the It's just, you know, we're, we're getting ourselves behind the sticks by constantly missing shots down the field. So 
I would agree, and we'll see what happens. You know, it, it's a new game, it's a new set of challenges, and we'll see how they respond to it, I guess. Hey, Ryan, listening to, I forget who it was, somebody just called in, griping about Sunday Ticket. Yeah. Um, I'm going to gripe about it, too, because I live in Virginia, and where I live, obviously we don't get a lot of Packer games usually. Every Packer game has been on TV this year for us. I haven't had to watch it on the Sunday Ticket once, so I nice. spent my money, and... Um, so far, haven't even needed it. I'm sure I will at some point, though. Um, but, uh, yeah. At least I'm in college, so you get it for like a hundred bucks. Uh, even if you're part-time. So, um, yeah. I've got the college discount for a while now, and that makes it way more affordable. So if you got a kid or anything in college, go ahead and do that. But, um, yeah. I'm just... It's been, with the bye week and with the way things are going, it's been like dragging on waiting for this Broncos game. Mm-hmm. And if it drags on just to be a major letdown... Gonna be bad. Gonna be not good. Not gonna be in a good mood for a long time. And uh, yeah. So anyway, go back up. Yeah, and that's one of the other negative things about the team kind of spiraling downward is how many people out of out of state and out of the region are going to be able to watch Packer games. You know, there was a time when you know you see that map of coverage, and if it was a Packers game, you know, like a three o'clock game or something, the the Packers would take over the entire country with the exception of you know this little bit of florida if it was tampa bay because nobody cared about tampa against like you know the chargers so it would be like california and probably not even the whole state uh but right now i just saw the map for this week i don't exactly remember what it looked like but it was very little uh coverage for the green bay packers this week so if you're out of state you you there's a good chance you won't get the game so um yeah, again, that's one of the big drawbacks, and obviously I agree. Hopefully we have uh, some better luck coming out of the bye because everybody needs it. I mean, we've had two weeks to just sit here and piss and moan about that terrible game, so not a good way to end it, and uh, hopefully we come out swinging strong. So uh, let's take our final break. We got uh, Jersey Mike and Omar. We'll try to get through all that. We'll be right back. Hey, Ryan, it's Jersey Mike, uh, calling you on my way to work. So, listen to your podcast yesterday. Um, I don't even know what today's day is, like the 19th. Um, anyway, so I was listening to your podcast yesterday, and you're talking about uh, Matt LaFleur's comments on the offense and how, and, and also your analysis that, you know, our scheme isn't really a problem, it's more of, guys who are open, not getting the ball thrown to them or, you know, pressure before um, Jordan Love can throw the ball so it doesn't look or, you know, whatever. Um, and one of the comments that, that illustrates where I'm coming from is where Matt LaFleur said, hey, um, yeah, it's it's surprising we had, or not surprising, but we had good uh, good running ability when Jordan was under center, Right. And then you go and take that and you look where we had that deep shot to Watson and then they immediately put us in shotgun and try to run the ball with Dylan at a shotgun. Um, and, and that's where my problem with play calling is. Sure, Matt LaFleur might have all of the right calls. And, and we were discussing this. I mean, you're talking about this, but I think in the wrong direction. Matt LaFleur might have all the right calls, but it's for the wrong offense. This offense isn't built to run like that, at least not right now, okay? So we've got to stick to the bread and butter, what works with the guys that we have. 
Dylan runs out from under center better than he does from shotgun. So stop trying to run Dylan out of shotgun. I mean, yeah, you can add it in there every so often, but let's not do that in the red zone, right? Let's, let's stick to the things that actually work in the red zone. Does that make our offense a little bit more, you know, uh, figure-outable? Sure. But at the same time, you can scheme out of those, LaFleur. You can do that. And, and that's where my, my issue is, is that he's trying to get, as we call it, too cute all the time in ways that don't benefit the guys that we have, right? Instead, if they were going to run out of shotgun, they should have called play action out of shotgun, right? And they should have they should have thrown the ball to like a leaking out Musgrave or something like that. But they didn't. Um, I want to take an analogy from boxing, or not an analogy, but an idea. Most boxers, if not all boxers, hold on. I I, I got to call back because my phone is going to get cut off and get taught. Well, and I kind of talk about this on tomorrow's podcast a little bit. One of the things that the media constantly does, or at least one of the guys was doing, is trying to oversimplify football. For example, on the Preston play, why didn't Razul just say, hey, I'll cover him? Or or something like It's like, because that's not how football works. You, you you can't do that. And on top of that, then you're talking about let's switch places or what? Or are you talking about an entirely new play call? Like, what are you talking about? So there's like this oversimplification. And so, you know, well, we, we seem to run a little better while under center. So that was an interesting observation. We'll have to do that moving forward. There's no scenario in the world where we stay under shotgun or stay under center. Like, that's not a thing. Just because it's working a little more might mean we we use it a little bit more, but it's only going to be a little bit more. Um, to to say that he's a failure as a of a of a play caller because we continue to run under shotgun, well, you you have to, you absolutely have to, because otherwise, how easy is it to know if they're in shotgun, they're not going to run because they refuse to do that, and then you can then it's really easy to defend against Matt Lafleur's offense. You have to be able to do everything from every, same same with. Uh, Joe Barry, like, well, why why are you in base? Shouldn't you be in nickel? Like, you can't always be in nickel. You can't always be in base because of the run. You can't always just do these things because it works. You can't always be in man. Why are you in zone? Jair should be in man. Like, we, we keep doing that stuff, and it's like, that's not how anything works. You are going to suck as a football team. So, you know, I, I we'd have to have a discussion. And, and again, this is where I really miss having SIS. I really do. To be able to break down how many times did they do it? How does that compare to in the past? How much better were they necessarily under center? And how bad were they running out of shotgun? How much more are they running under center in this game compared to the rest of the NFL so that we can get a baseline expectation of what a high level of running under center means? Um, There might also, I mean, there's a reason a lot of teams like to be out of shotgun. What are those reasons and what are we doing as far as limiting ourselves by doing more under center and less shotgun. You know, one of the things obviously is having your quarterback's back turned, which is always a dangerous thing. He can't see what's going on down the field and you have to be able to read and react quicker. You have to turn around and just go bing 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 and rather than having your eyes down the field the whole time and going through your progression. So there's there's a lot of problems with with being under center as opposed to being in shotgun as as, as well as there's benefits. So yeah, I mean maybe we're going to see more under center but we're certainly still going to see runs out of shotgun. 
and we're going to see throws under center and throws from shotgun and everything. I mean, that's just, you have to be able to execute from all the different formations. And then as far as, you know, he's running, he's calling good plays for the wrong team. I, I don't know exactly what that means. I mean, if, if you call a play and your players are open and the quarterback just doesn't throw it, I don't know what that means to say it's the wrong team. Seems like it's the right team to me. Everybody, the guy's freaking wide open. Just throw it. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what that means. We have the guys to do it because they did it. The only thing that was missing is the quarterback throwing the ball accurately to the wide open frickin' guy to get a first down. I don't I don't need a new scheme. The scheme's working. Everything's working. Just execute. Just frickin' block. Just throw. Just catch. You know, I mean, I, I don't I don't know why we need to simplify that. I mean, you can't get much more simple. Like, hey, this throwing and catching and running thing is a little rough. Can we simplify? Like, no, there's you can't do less than that. That's all there is to it. Unless we're talking QB sneaks. That way you don't have to throw it or catch it or go through reads or anything. You still got to run and block, unfortunately. But, like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't know exactly what that means, but you're going to give me a boxing analogy, so maybe that'll clear it up. Anyway, here's the mic again. Um, so, m- boxing, right? The whole premise of a good boxer, and you'll watch guys who are good boxers, they start off semi-slow, right? They're going to jab, jab, cross, jab, cross, jab. And they're just going to work, and then they're going to stop, and they're going to dance around a little bit, and then they're going to jab again, right? And the reason they're doing it is they're, they're probing the defense of the other fighter, right? They're seeing, how are you going to react to my jab? What are you going to do? Can I, can I get you to drop your shoulder? Can I get you to dip a certain direction? Whatever. And then once I find you dipping that certain direction every time I jab, I'm going to throw a jab, and then immediately I'm going to throw a hook, right, or an uppercut, or, or some kind of, as you call it, haymaker. And that's, that's how we should be playing offense. These guys... Okay, let me, let me edit your scenario to what I'm seeing on the field. Imagine you are in the corner, and you're telling the guy to do this. You're telling your boxer, listen, I need you to go out there and throw jabs, and da, 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 right? And then, look, what I want you to do is we're going to throw a quick jab, and when he ducks, you come in and you uppercut. He throws a jab, the guy ducks, he leaves himself open, but he doesn't throw the uppercut. And then he gets knocked out. And then the critique is, you're not coaching him right. You should have told him to, to do this. You, you, you know, you, you're bullcrap. I told him exactly what to do, and he just didn't do it. I don't, I don't know what else to do with that. Quite frankly, are not gelling together. So let's do the simple jab, the plays that these guys don't, the guys know that. Also, again, just to be clear, one of the major criticisms of this game is that we, we pulled back too much and it was too boring of an offense. It was just run, screen, run, screen. So I'm not saying that was your position, but just to be clear, because some people are... are very upset at how vanilla the offense became, and yet we also have the opinion that maybe it's too aggressive and we should just be more vanilla with simpler concepts. Again, I I think it was simple. I think everything was, was laid out very easily. Um, I, I think that there was a lot of opportunities in this game. And that's, you know, it's not just Jordan. It's it's the receivers had very, you know, it's, it, let's get off Jordan. Let's talk about the wide receiver. Like if, if you throw a pass to a guy, you're wide open and he drops it, I don't see see coming in saying, look, obviously these things are too complex. Like, guys are dropping passes. 
we got to like dial this back. Like, no, you don't, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. This is just execution. You don't make it simpler because the guy dropped the pass. Right? And it's like, I don't need to make this, if there's a guy 10 yards down the field open in the middle of the field, and Jordan doesn't throw it or he overthrows it, simplifying isn't going to change that. Unless, again, we're, we're, we're really simplifying it to the point where we're turning them into Justin Fields, we're cutting the field in half, and we're giving them one guy to throw to. The problem with that is you're going to suck as a football team. You got one guy running around. Now you want to get mad. Now you're, now you're really going to get mad at the play caller because there's going to be one guy running a route, and then he's going to get covered up, and now there's nowhere to go. So it's either he's open or you throw it away. And people are going to go back and watch the film and say, are you freaking kidding me? You got one guy out there running a route, and he got covered, so then you got to throw Matt LaFleur should be fired today. Well, that's what simplifying looks like. You're giving, you're taking options away from Justin, from Jordan Love. So, you know, again, we're we're kind of lacking some specifics. So I'm kind of just running off what I feel like you're saying. I don't necessarily know specifically what we're doing, but you know, I I don't know. I I guess I'm hearing a lot of different things in a lot of different directions. Right? We got to we got to simplify, but also we're too simple. Uh, it's, it's the wrong offense. It's, you know, whatever. I just, I don't know, man. I'm seeing a guy in front of your freaking face. Throw the freaking ball. Throw the ball. Just throw it. He's right there. No, I'm going to throw it to that guy in triple coverage. Wow, Matt LaFleur needs to simplify. <laughs> no, dude. Guys just need to wake up. That's what I think. I, I don't want, I don't want to change anything because it was perfect. Everything was fine. The run game worked better than it had in a long time. Everybody was open all freaking day long. I don't want that to change. That was great. I loved it. We need guys that can block and catch and throw, and we don't have that. I have no interest in changing what Matt LaFleur is doing whatsoever. These guys know how to run, right? Let's get the simple run it straight up the gut a few times. Well, we, we, we tried that. Unfortunately, our guys can't do double teams. They're losing double team blocks. We did that a ton. I don't know if you listened to the review I did on the run game. They, they uh, I've never seen that many like just power up the middle type things. But you got one guy loses a block, and then AJ Dillon bails and goes somewhere else, and then he gets tackled rather than just sticking with it. Because even though there's a guy there, it's still a double team, and it's four on two, and you're going to be able to push. But you know our guys can't block two on one, and AJ Dillon's going to panic and go run where there's nothing but defenders. And so, I mean, we did it. We did exactly that. We did a ton of power up the middle, two-on-one, double-team blocks, and it still just doesn't work. I mean, it did sometimes, but very rarely and, and to a much lesser degree. And again, this is Matt LaFleur saying, okay, we're not good at this, so we're just going to cheat. And even then, we couldn't win. Do some gap instead of zone running. That's what we're doing. Right? Let's, let's work that that way. Let's, you know, do the short, simple passes and those are the ones that get blown up in the backfield, right? You throw the quick screen and it hits uh, Patrick Taylor in the feet. Or we get hit behind the line of scrimmage. It's like, why are we doing this? Why are we constantly doing this little dinky-dunky crap? Everything behind the line of scrimmage is failing, which it has all year. Everything we do behind the line of scrimmage has failed. Unlike what used to happen in the past, everybody's just working straight downhill against us. Anytime we do anything behind the line of scrimmage, it gets blown up for a five-yard loss. And then it's like, Matt LaFleur, you're getting too cute. Why are you doing all this cute stuff? This is stupid. I'm just saying, like, everything you're saying as an idea has been done. And it's just, it's not being executed. That's, that is the issue. 
or curl routes and whatnot. With, yeah, with, we've, we've had those too with guys open and the ball doesn't come out. Or you run a curl route and it's behind Musgrave and he drops it. You know? And and some of them get completed and that's cool, but there's there's a ton of curl routes. There's plenty of them. Get levels going. On, on. We got le- that, that play uh, that Jordan ran against Max Crosby. That was levels. And there was a guy open way down the field. I, I talked about it. Christian Watson was wide open with his hand open in the air. He didn't throw it. He ran, which it was still a good run. I think he picked up a first down, but then it was a penalty and it got brought back. So now we're in like third and 18. There was levels right there. And it didn't get thrown, even though there was an open guy there. And it could have been a big loss if he wasn't able to stiff arm Max Crosby, which again is great. And again, it doesn't matter because execution isn't good. The blocking wasn't good. Uh, Jordan wasn't good in finding the open guy, and there was a penalty on the play. So it's just bullcrap execution. Certain sides of the field that yeah. come across the field That's and exactly have Jordan what that play read was. safeties and linebackers. It, right? was, it couldn't have been any easier. They all ran to the left side of the field. It was a big rollout play. Everybody was exactly in the same spot, just different depths. So there was like three guys, but basically just one read, and you got one guy open with his hand in the air, waved in the air, and he didn't throw the ball. Instead of corners. Um, let, let's have those simple plays so that when you want to do the screen pass out of nowhere, the whatever it is, having Watson go shrieking down the sideline when he's in man-to-man, right? Let's- yeah, we had that too, and that was when Jordan threw it like to the middle of the field. Like He was open down the sideline, and the ball landed between the hashes. It was so far off, I don't even know what the heck he was doing. Do those things off off the the game plan per se, not when the defense is expecting it, so that we can make magic happen, right? Let's have those seventeen yard or seventeen draw or seventeen play drives, right? Where it just seems like the enemy defense can off can't get off the field. And then all of a sudden we throw that haymaker touchdown, boom, let's go, baby. And keep on doing that. Yeah, it'd be great, but Again, the accuracy downfield is so bad. What 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 faith do we have that it's going to get completed? I mean, maybe once every ten times, which is cool, but that's a lot of punts <laughs> because of missed throws. Again, the 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 problem is the execution has to improve, or none of this matters. We can do every single thing you're saying, which we have been the entire time, and it's not going to matter if if our guys can't win double teams, if our quarterback can't throw accurately, or or is suddenly not able to read or throw to wide open guys right in front of his face. Um, And if our receivers can't catch or run the right routes, none of this matters. It doesn't matter what conceptually we do. We can, we can go all out and, you know, try to be really aggressive and be the Miami dolphins, which I think Runyon or something made some kind of comment about that. Uh, Somebody did. We're going to be more like the dolphins now. Like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Um, (laughs) Let's let's see if we can be like the jets first. Okay. Um, it doesn't matter what style of football we play. We can reel it all the way in. We can run curl routes and screen passes and all this. It's not going to matter because we can't execute. We can't run screen passes. We can't do screens because we can't get the timing down, and our offensive linemen get downfield too early, and then when they don't get down the field too early, they're like belly flopping in the middle of the field because they don't know who to block. It's a freaking disaster. So, I mean, again, if we want to blame coaching for their inability to execute, that's fine. But, but again, the, the issue is execution. It's, it doesn't matter how we want to play football. We can run under center. We can run out of shotgun. We can throw short, intermediate, deep. We can do whatever we want to do. It's going to fail. 
If we continue to play at this level, nothing is going to work. It doesn't matter what it is. And everything you can describe, because again, this was, I don't think they ran the same play twice. Everything was so unbelievably unique and out of different formations. And and again, it was it was wildly successful across the board. It just wasn't executed. You talk about keeping the pedal down, keep the gas down. You could do that without throwing haymakers all the time. And I think that's what we should be looking. Let's find our bread and butter. Let's work it. Once they start figuring it out, throw your haymaker. That simple. Anyway, go pack go. Yeah, I, I guess I, I feel like we could try that. And I, to some degree, think that that's what we were trying to do is i mean it kind of goes back to the question i asked before which is what is the thing that is working what what is our bread and butter what what was working what looks good i mean zone running isn't working gap running isn't working uh short passes behind the line of scrimmage don't work short passes in general aren't really working intermediate passes deep passes certainly aren't working we don't have a bread and butter we don't have anything nothing's working so um yeah if we could figure that out then maybe we can open things up but again things are things are open there's nothing to open up it's just it's just execute it's just do your freaking job that's it what's up it's omar the firefighter how you doing what's up? hey i'm calling for two things one i was trying to think of bad quarterbacks that like turned out good yeah i like, turned out to play good and I could only think of, like, recently, like, um, is uh, Ryan Tannehill, because he was, like, trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we went to Tennessee and got a chance to start. He was pretty good for, like, uh, three seasons, I guess, right. three or four seasons or whatever. Um, so that's one that I could think, but he's kind of, like, sucking down, so I don't know if that's all. Yeah, <laughs> and he went to a whole new team with a new system and everything. He was He was terrible in Miami. And then, yeah, he goes to uh, a place with, you know, an elite offensive line and a heck of a run game, and he's got to be a, just dink and dunk. And he was freaking excellent at it. And then the offensive line fell apart. The run game isn't as good, and Tannehill's back to being Miami Dolphins Tannehill. Long-term thing. I don't know if that's good or bad if I want Jordan Love to be like that. The other one, I would say, is golf. But he was, like, the first overall pick, I think. Uh, yeah. He was near the top. I can't remember which one went first him or which. But um, I think it was called. But either way, he kind of was rated higher. He got his team to the Super Bowl, play like crap, and then play like crap again, and they traded him, and they ended up playing good. So I don't know if you could think of anybody else who, like, started off real bad and uh, kind of, like, excelled later on. Either through different coaching or a different team. I would love to hear about that. Um, also, damn, almost got an accident. <laughs> also, I was trying to think of, uh, I know you like Justin Fields is playing better right now, and I agree it's because, um, you know, he's staring at DJ Moore. So I was thinking maybe we need, again, maybe we need to get a receiver or something somebody that's like that talented that he could just be like, I'm just going to stare this guy down and throw it. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure if we have that. I like watching. I feel like he was doing that to Romeo at one I don't remember when that was. I don't know if that was earlier in the season or when things maybe started going south or what, but I remember there was a time where it was like, I feel like he's kind of force-feeding Romeo a little bit. So 
I, I think if we if we had a guy, it would be Romeo would be my guess. But yeah, the, the question is, is Romeo up to that caliber? I mean, it's never good. Even when Rodgers would stare down Devontae, I mean, that was about as good as you're going to get, and there was a lot of success, but there were also times it's like, dude, you need to freaking chill because you have other guys on the field. I mean, we obviously all can think of at least one very good example throwing to triple-covered Devontae with another guy wide open. Um, but, yeah, I get what you mean in terms of just trying to get into a rhythm. You know, even if he's somewhat covered, I trust that I can throw it and he'll get there, but... You know, you got to have an, a special wide receiver, and also you got to have a special arm because you still have to put the ball like right on the money. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, we're all just kind of exploring, <laughs> to, like how can we get this thing to start working? Um, and I, I don't know that. I don't know. I, I certainly haven't figured out the solution aside from just we got to play better. You know, and again, I, I, I keep coming back to what I was saying before. I mean, in this last game. What if he had had a guy that he could just throw it to? And and I'm th- sitting here thinking, like, he didn't need it, though. You know, he tried to make – I keep going back to this play and picking on him because it's the one everybody knows. There's a lot of other examples, but, you know, he's trying to make um, Jaden Reed that guy, right? He's triple covered, but I'm going to throw that perfect pass and he's going to go get it. Well, you didn't throw a perfect pass and he wasn't going to go get it. And also, you didn't need to force feed Jaden Reed because you had a guy open. So, you know, again, like it, it would be cool, definitely, especially in certain situations. But at this point, I I, I don't know if I want to introduce a crutch. I, I really just want to, like, everything's fine. Just execute it, right? Just slow down. The offensive line needs to block better so that Jordan can feel more comfortable. Jordan needs to slow down, just go through his progressions and get the ball out, and then the guys need to run the right routes and catch the ball when it comes to them. Like, if we could just do that, we're fine. We are fi- We don't need to reinvent stuff. We don't need to change the play calling. We don't need to make massive coaching turnovers. We don't need to get, like, a... I mean, I'm, I'm not opposed to getting an elite wide receiver. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, like, that... I just... I feel like we're just introducing a crutch at that point. Like, well, we can't do it, so let's just... Uh, let's just go get a guy that we can throw 50-50 balls to, which... I don't want to concede that that's our only option, but I, I get where you're coming from. I just, I don't know if we have a, like, dominant number one. Dobbs is good, but right. I don't think he has, like, the super-duper elite skills that he has good hands. But, you know, I, I'm just wondering, maybe that would help carry if you had, like, a Randy Moss type or somebody like that. Justin Jefferson. But it really don't matter about the quarterback because the receiver's that good. Um, I don't know a lot of the receivers coming out of the draft. Because I feel like I don't think we're going to draft one, which is the sad yeah. part. Yeah. Um, but I think we should. Maybe if we can't get, you know, if George continues playing bad, we can't get a quarterback. Hell, try to trade up, right. get a, a sweet wide receiver or something, or, you know, a draft one. So let me get your thoughts on that. I'd like to hear about the quarterbacks and receiver. All right, talk to you later. Yeah, so as of right now, the Packers would be picking ninth. And then just kind of looking at that situation, I mean, Marvin Harrison, very unlikely to make it to nine. Um, the NFL mock draft database has him as the number two player. So it's not impossible, especially if you entertain the idea of possibly moving up. But there's the other Ohio State wide receiver is sitting at 11, uh, Emeka Igbuka. I'm probably saying his name wrong, I'm sure. I'll, I'll get a message from JJ in about five minutes. Uh, actually, it's pronounced like this. It's, that's that's a yearly tradition. I try to pronounce Ohio State players' names, and he corrects me. Um, who the heck was it before? I don't remember. Uh, 
anyways, um, that would probably be where we're at. Who are some of the other guys here? And I, I haven't done a ton of work looking into this, and some of these are, are way behind. There's some exciting guys that I keep seeing who haven't really emerged quite yet. But uh, Malik Neighbors, LSU, is sitting at 12, just one spot behind him, so that could be an option. Keon Coleman, wide receiver out of Florida State, is at 15. And there's a lot of guys. I mean, in the top 20, Marvin Harrison, Ameka Igbuka, Malik Neighbors, Keon Coleman, and Romo Dunze. I'm probably saying his name too out of Washington. And then you got Xavier Worthy out of Texas at 22. So those are all basically top 20 players, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six of them. This is a stacked wide receiver group. I mean, I, I honestly wouldn't rule it out. I get what you're saying. They probably don't want to go wide receiver, but the odds that the wide receiver is going to be the best option, and if the Packers are sticking with best player available, that, that wide receiver is the best option, it's not terrible. I mean, obviously, if you've got an offensive tackle that's sitting there like Fashanu, but I don't think he will be, that's an option. Uh, maybe Joe Alt would be an option. Uh, Jerzon Newton would be freaking amazing. I'm a huge fan, but I don't think it's impossible that wide receiver ends up being the, the best option, and then it really just comes down to how much are they going to stick to best player available and acknowledge that that's the right route to go uh, compared to I would love to get another defensive lineman because I'm Joe Barry and that's how I roll, and Jerzon Newton's a freak and that's what I want to do and I'm not even going to be mad about it, or Dallas Turner, the edge rusher, because why not? Um, or Kool-Aid McKinstry, which, I mean, it'd be dope just because his name is Kool-Aid, let's be honest. I don't know, man. I, I, uh, I'm, 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 I'm not excited about the prospect of picking number nine overall, but we never picked that high, and there are some guys that I really like. I mean, just, just on my preliminary, like, messing around. There's also Brock Bowers. Uh, tight end, another one that you would assume is unlikely because we went so heavy after tight ends. But Brock Bowers is considered the fourth best prospect, but considering he's a tight end, I can't imagine he actually goes top five. I mean, maybe, but I just, I don't see it. And so picking at nine, I think you're kind of in that range. And so you end up getting some elite freak that also can block as a tight end. I mean, he's got a 75 pass blocking grade and a 73 run blocking grade. On top of his 88 receiving grade, he's got 570 yards and four touchdowns. He's been elite since the day he showed up in Georgia as a as a freshman, or I don't know if he was actually a freshman, but his first year he had a 92 PFF grade and 92 receiving grade. Is is I mean he, his grades have been in the like every single grade has been in the 70s or 80s or 90s since he's been in college. The only thing that's down right now is uh, his fumble grade because he actually did fumble once. So that's uh, he officially has a, a red mark somewhere on his profile, which is impeccable and immaculate. 3.03 yards per route run. I mean, good Lord, man. This, those aren't tight end numbers. That's just stupid. So I agree. I don't think it's going to happen, but... Um, It'll be uh, it'll be a little bit interesting. And then you, you mentioned quarterbacks. It's still right now Caleb and Drake May are the top guys, but I think I think there's some options, man. I think Michael Penix is is playing out of his freaking mind. I don't know exactly what some of the the knocks on him are, but just taking a quick look uh, without having to really watch him aside from the highlights that I see on social media. I mean, his PFF grade is through the roof. I mean, it's it's it is perfection. And under pressure, he's at like a 75 grade. He is just across the board playing some unbelievable football. So I wouldn't be surprised if if he ends up going a little bit earlier. 
there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of like late first, early second guys. Michael Penix, Quinn Ewers at 28, Shadur Sanders at 31, JJ McCarthy at 33, Bo Nix at 35. It's a big drop off after that, but there are just a ton of these like early second guy. You know, the the guys that somebody trades up for to get that fifth year option kind of thing. Um, that'll be interesting to kind of sort out. I I really have been kind of disconnected from the draft, and there's a lot of interesting prospects this year. Um, so. You know, my favorite thing is to fall in love with prospects. So I can't wait to to start going down that rabbit hole and uh, taking a look, especially since now, I mean, there, there's not a lot we we can't say we don't need. I mean, like I said, I, I, I probably today will start looking at some of the quarterbacks because if, if Jordan Love balls out, it'll be like the last time I'll be able to look at quarterback prospects. So I'll start looking at the quarterbacks a little bit, at least those first, you know, six or so. Um, I don't know if I'll go down to Spencer Rattler, Riley Leonard or whatever, but uh, like Tyler Van Dyke is is playing incredible football as well. He's all the way down at 96, but he may start to rise up the boards a little bit. Um, again, I, I completely made fun of a guy because I had done a ranking and somebody's like, you're an idiot. Tyler Van Dyke's going to be did it. I'm like, dude, the guy sucks. And I went through his stats and this year he's just absolutely tearing it up. So we'll see. We'll see. A uh, lot, a lot of cool guys. Uh, running back is certainly an option. Wide receiver is an option. Tight ends an option. Offensive line across the board is an option. Defensive line is an option. Edge, not as much. Linebacker, probably not as much. Corner, I think, is is uh, on the table, certainly, especially with Keyshawn um, being questionable. Safety is an option. So it's, 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 it's a fun thing when you really because a lot of times i mean there have been a lot of years where we're looking at it and it's like there's two things we need like we need a safety and we need a a freaking defensive tackle or something and it's like that's it that's all we need and we're gonna end up drafting something we don't want and burr, 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 burr. dude everything is is on the table so it'll be it'll be a fun year to kind of evaluate some of that stuff all right let's uh let's go ahead and do the last one because we got one more Hey, this is Omar the Firefighter again. I'll try to make up for my lack of calls. Uh, I also wanted to say that, one, I don't think LaFleur uh, should be fired. For that season not over, even if we have a bad season, it, you have to look at why is the reason bad. I think, for instance, like when we had Aaron Rodgers and we was losing, it's like you got one of the best quarterbacks. Man, how you lose? It will make sense. Yeah. Made sense to fire Mike McCarthy at that time, but we were too talented, and he just couldn't get the job done. This is like basically like a new situation, a new team. So you can't fire him after one one bad season. Um, because I, I swear if you got fired, he'd be like one of the number one coaching candidates. Yeah, he gets you know? snapped up fast. And we're picking up scraps. So he definitely. I would let him finish out his contract, man. Unless we play, don't allow what left in his contract is if we had, like, the number one pick next year and, and nobody, like, got hurt. It was just just terrible. Other than that, um, you know, I, I, if we have a bad season, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be probably because of love. Because a, a good quarterback can make uh, a bad team good and uh, or relevant and uh, – you know, a bad quarterback can sink the whole franchise. So, um, and that's, I mean, you got like Herbert. Like, Herbert is a great quarterback. Um, and, you know, his team is okay. It's, it's kind of crazy. But anyway, I just wanted to, uh, like, say, chill out on, the, on that and do, 
is is excellent. He's doing a great job. Because even the people that we got starting, like Zach Tom, you know, that was late round pick. That was fourth round pick. And for him to find somebody that actually play good in fourth round is is, is pretty good. So um, I just, you know, I'm not giving up on the season because, like I said, I know we're yeah. a young team. I'm just going to enjoy. We we got wins coming up, man. I mean, we we got wins. It, it's it's possible, like the Bears. You know, they started off with three wins, and it was like, oh, it was that who was that uh, famous Bears guy? He's like, oh, where are all those people that said the Bears would only win three games now? And then they went on to lose every game after that. So I I feel comfortable. We're we're, we're going to win games, all right. And we're going to see good. We're going to see good stuff from Love. We're going to see good stuff from our receivers. We're going to whether it's going to end the season with a, a high level of confidence. I can't promise you that, but there are, there are brighter days ahead. And I just hope that we have one this week because if we don't, then I'm going to really second guess what I just said. <laughs> but we'll see how she goes. Growth. I just want to see growth. Yep. Jordan Love getting a lot of flack, but it's because he's not showing growth. He's showing the opposite. Right. He started out great. And made us feel like, hey, we got a different next franchise quarterback. And they ain't been playing worse every week. It's not group. Like, learn from your mistakes and get better. So, I really feel like this game with Denver is, is like a make or break for us because it's like if we win, it's like, ah, right, you show me how to get better. You show me you can get better. But we lose to the Broncos, and they're not a bad – I mean, they're a bad team, but they're, they're not – like, I don't think they're as bad as the Raiders. And we lost to them. You see what I'm saying? So we'll see what happens. But I'm like pins and needles right now. All right, go back up. Yeah, I mean, we, we we just get to kick back and just watch some football and, and try to enjoy it. And we'll, we'll try to digest. I mean, we, we've been digesting this for a long time. Um, we, we're digesting the team at its, hopefully, at its lowest. And, uh, you know, look, we came out of the bye week last year real hot, like smoking hot. Defense was just dominant. Uh, special teams was flying. Offense looked good for the you know first time in a while, like real good. And, uh, you know, we beat up on some bad teams, and we obviously failed in the end against the Lions, but um, we'll see what happens, man. They were able to make adjustments last time. We'll see if they can do it this time against a, a pretty bad football team. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think any of us are sitting here expecting a Super Bowl. But like you said, we just want to see some growth, hopefully get some wins to cheer for. And uh, if not, we'll be doing a lot of draft coverage. So... <laughs> You guys have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.